welcome to the National Native Network podcast series. Today's presentation is on the topic of commercial tobacco, featuring the National Native Network's Hannah Bartol, Melissa Meza, and guest Devin Beltran. To learn more about commercial tobacco, how it's linked to various types of preventable cancers and disease, and where to find support to quit, please visit our website at keepitsacred.org. And now, the National Native Network's Melissa Meza. Hi, everybody. Um, I hope you're doing well. This is Melissa Meza. I am a health education specialist with the California Rural Indian Health Board and a California representative for the National Native Network. Today with me, I have Hannah Bartol and Devin Beltran. We'll be talking about commercial tobacco in Indian country. And I'm going to ask Devin Beltran, our youth member, to go ahead and introduce herself today. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Devin Beltran, and I'm 15 years old. I'm also Lake Miwok and Southeastern Pomo, and I'm very excited to be here today, and I'm going to hand it off to Hannah. Hello, everybody. My name is Hannah Bartle. I am the program manager for the National Native Network. I come from the Hannahville Indian community in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and I am super excited to be here with Devin and Melissa. Thank you both so much. Like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about commercial tobacco in Indian country. So I'm just going to get right into these questions and I hope you ladies are ready. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my first question is, how has commercial tobacco impacted your lives? And I'll go ahead and start with Devin. Um, So for me personally, I have a lot of family members or and like family relatives who smoke and who I'm not sure interested to quit, but that's kind of how it impacted my life and seeing them personally firsthand, just smoking. And it was like normal for me for as a kid. But now that I'm older, I'm kind of realizing that we should probably try to break that cycle of that. And so, yeah. I think similar should, sorry. (laughs) I was like, just gonna like go for it. (laughs) We're gonna cut this out. So Devin, can you elaborate a little bit on breaking that cycle with tobacco? Um, I think because a lot of people, especially native um, youth and young adults and even a lot of adults are addicted to smoking and all that kind of stuff. So I just kind of want to break that cycle as this, this new generation coming up and kind of breaking that cycle to where we're not addicted and we can kind of be free in that sense and it'll be okay type thing if if that's what I'm kind of trying to say kind of rambling a little bit (laughs) that's fine um so Hannah same question goes to you how has commercial tobacco impacted your life I think similar to Devin um I didn't realize I mean like I always knew smoking was bad and you shouldn't do it but um my dad smoked and he still smokes like all growing up and I didn't realize like how bad it was until I got older. And I was like, oh, like you can really be hurt from secondhand smoking. You can really be hurt from like thirdhand smoking. And it just was normal. Like my dad smoked, a lot of my uncles smoked or people in the community smoked. And it was just, it was like, oh, like that's just what people do. Like that's it. You can't really change it. You can't really do anything about it. You just have to accept it and just sort of move forward. Um, I remember being younger and I would see like people in my middle school, like smoke cigarettes, like behind the school or like 
in secret and like yeah like it's the cool thing to do like my dad does it or my older cousin does it so it was so normalized growing up that I didn't really think about it until I got older and how just normal it was presented to me it seems like um, commercial tobacco has a lot to do with both of your families so why is it essential to make a clear difference between cultural and commercial tobacco can one of you share a little bit more about that I think that we should definitely make a difference between cultural and commercial tobacco because commercial tobacco affects the way that people look at cultural tobacco and commercial tobacco is a like um, a modified plant and it is not sacred and it's not like it doesn't grow naturally out in the world and out in the nature it just people plant it in certain places and has big farms and everything and a lot of people when they hear tobacco or the word tobacco think of cigarettes and it being bad for you when really culture tobacco has the exact opposite effect yeah definitely similar to what Devin stated um you know I was reading preparing for this and just sort of bring my thoughts together and tobacco is really one of the most um, like manipulated the most, like commercialized the most, um, just, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just like one of the most like modified plants that in, that are in this world and within our culture. You think about like how traditional sacred tobacco is grown. It's, um, it's a little harder, but when you try, when you grow like tobacco for cigarettes like this just mass produced it's just like this thing that they're just like oh yep like it's just growing over there and like that's fine and when we have to make that difference between cultural and commercial tobacco use like a lot of people are like oh it's like a cigarette so it's cultural tobacco so I can smoke it like it's fine like no it's not fine like you're really addicted to like the over 5,000 chemicals within this you know small cigarette and within this um commercial tobacco I guess material that they have produced for um people to smoke so I think we need to teach our youth like way before that they're older and can really think about commercial tobacco use about cultural use and about the cultural tobacco because if they know about cultural tobacco they're less likely to like abuse it in the commercial sense so I think we need to make that clear difference to our younger generation before we can even think about you know educating our older adults because our older adults already know so we have to start like really young. So obviously it's, it's important to make an emphasis between the difference of commercial and cultural tobacco, but um, how is commercial tobacco linked to your community? Do you have any historical linkages with commercial tobacco? Um, I don't in my community, but I know um, that, you know, even back in like the 60s, 70s and 80s, like commercial tobacco use was marketed toward Native Americans really heavily. So I think people really just link that with their community. They're like, oh, like, you know, we saw this commercialized Indian person smoking a cigarette on a horse. So then that means it's okay for us to do it. So I think that's what a lot of communities have done in the past. And they're just like, yep, it's okay. It's been marketed toward us. So it's fine. We can use it. That's all. Yeah, I um, kind of like what Hannah said, I feel like it was very heavily marketed to Native Americans. And even so that even some Native Americans use cigarettes for traditional practices, 
such as praying and ceremony and stuff like that, instead of using traditional tobacco. And so that's kind of like how that kind of goes together, yeah. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about um, how commercial tobacco has impacted your life and why it's essential to make a difference. Uh, but why is commercial tobacco cessation important to you? And I'll go with Hannah first and then we can jump to Devon again. Uh, tobacco cessation is important to me because you think about, well, like personally, I think about how I stated before how it impacted me and how my dad smoked my entire life and even, you know, still smokes to this day. And he has no, well, there is, a, he says there is some intention there, but he says he wants to do it in the least painful way possible, which I don't smoke. So I don't know how painful it is to stop smoking, but apparently it's painful. Um, you know, so the things like that, like I want my dad to be around. I want, you know, my other community members to be around who still smoke. I want I want kids, you know, my age and younger to be able to breathe clean air at community events if they're not already smoke-free. I want them, you know, my community members and the people I work with to understand the difference between cultural tobacco and commercial tobacco and how, you know, it's grown so different. It feels different. It smells different. I want people to know the difference. And I think if we start by, you know, implementing cessation programs within our communities, that that can really be that initial step on, you know, decolonizing tobacco, I guess. Yeah, I agree fully with Hannah said. I feel like it was such a normalized thing to see like your aunts and uncles and your parents smoking. And like, for me, it's really important for like my word to get out to youth and for them to be educated themselves. And then they can educate their siblings, their cousins. And then I know a lot of youth who probably want to educate their uncles and their parents and their grandparents or whoever, but they a lot, I think a lot of times they feel like it's not their place because it's like they're the kid and they're not the adults and they don't know better, which sometimes you can know better. And so I feel like we definitely should educate our parents, our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, anybody, it doesn't matter their age and they should know the risks and they should know that they have some serious health risks with this. And I think um, trying to spread the word and educating people and it is the most important thing right now and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, so Devin, what advice would you give other youth who want to make a difference in their community with regard to commercial tobacco? Um, as I said before, education, educating yourself more importantly and searching up different um, websites who have so much information about traditional and commercial tobacco. And uh, maybe like looking at, if you like, maybe looking at, um, some of the myths you heard about commercial tobacco and really doing your research and and then spreading your word to your friends and your family and whoever you are in contact with and who you know smoke. I think it's so important to tell them and say, hey, I'm worried about you and try to tell them, say, hey, you these are your options. You can try to quit. I can help you. And have resources to help you quit and I know there's a bunch of um, online resources hotlines to help you quit smoking so 
Yeah. Building off of what Devin said and how she said, it really starts with like yourself. And then I'm a firm believer in like, you need to like, you know, check your homies or, you know, making sure that your friends are okay because like word of mouth with your friends is so powerful and they'll, you know, I hate, and I hate to use peer pressure, but peer pressure is so powerful within your friend group. And then even within like your greater friend group that you're like, Hey, like, that's not cool. Like, like we shouldn't do that. We should, you know, make it a trend to not do this. And if you don't do it, your friends don't do it. Like I guarantee other people will stop doing it or will at least say, Hey, like, what are you doing? That's helping you stop smoking. Or what are you doing? That's helping you, you know, either lessen or completely quit in commercial tobacco entirely. So I really think it starts with yourself and your friend group and then moving, you know, just outwards with your parents, your brothers and sisters, your uncles, cousins, aunts, whoever it may be, you know, your extended family within your different communities that you can educate them just by word of mouth and not throwing like medical terms or scientific terms at them because they're just like, oh, like, you know, what do you know? Why are you throwing all these terms at me? I don't know what that means. So making it a conversation and making, you know, those medical scientific words sound less scary, I guess, I think would really help with making a difference um, within the community that's, you know, facing high rates of tobacco use. So sometimes we have some health professionals that like to listen to these podcasts. So I do have one other question. Um, what are some initiatives that you think could be taken about, you know, that youth could do to really push the commercial tobacco cessation efforts in their community? I recently um, spoke with individuals in the tribe in Wisconsin, and this year that they're implementing a tobacco curriculum for their younger generation. So they're like, you know, kindergarten, first, second, third graders that they're implementing tobacco curriculum for them and how to keep it sacred and how to grow it. What's the origin story behind it, you know, from their community perspective and what are some of the historical teachings behind it. And I think that's really where it starts is with the youth and educating them about cultural tobacco first before they ever get a chance to um, even think about commercial tobacco use. Because if they're like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, abuse this medicine, then I just, they're not going to do it. They're going to be more um, hesitant to start using it in their older life. And, you know, you know, not everybody is going to be successful in that, but there will be some kids and who turn into, you know, young adults that will say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that. I was taught not to do that or just sort of things like that. And I think that, you know, showing them the effects of commercial tobacco use is really important as well. Like I remember being younger and I saw like, you know, the black in the lung that, you know, my health teacher brought in. I was like, yeah, you shouldn't smoke otherwise your lungs gonna look like this. And I was like traumatized from it. So, I mean, definitely, you know, the scare test tactics might be okay, but just watch your audience. <laughs> yeah, I come like to add on to Hannah said, like, I feel like the scare tactics yeah they did <laughs> kind of scar me they showed like the popcorn lung and I was like disgusted and I was like uh, no <laughs> no thank you <laughs> and um yeah I feel like it does if you just like it does kind of start with youth and then kind of bringing it out there into like the rest of the world I guess if that makes sense <laughs> and so um I think teaching people about uh, kind of like what Hannah said about traditional tobacco first is so important because I really did not know a lot about traditional tobacco when I was younger 
And so I was just like, oh, well, I kind of knew what cigarettes were. And I was like, oh, well, it's like tobacco and nicotine or whatever. And then I was like, oh, well, it's bad for you. I'm not supposed to do that. So I knew that, but I didn't really know a lot about traditional tobacco as a whole and how I could, um, and how I was affected by it. So I think learning now that I'm older, it really does help a lot. And I really wish I knew a lot. Um, I wish I knew about traditional tobacco first and really got that drilled in my head and then commercial tobacco, because that I think for me, it would make this like thing, especially in this like pure, pe um, peer pressure um, thing way easier and not everyone's gonna like peer pressure me. And I thank God I've not given in, but like still it would make a lot of things more easier. And I know like the science and like the history and stuff behind traditional tobacco and it just like helps a lot more. So I feel like not only native youth should be given this education, but also schools should be giving this education to youth and um and pretty much saying tobacco is a traditional sacred plant and but then commercial tobacco is a plant that was abused and now kind of really does affect traditional tobacco and tobacco's image and how people look at it so I feel like um, school should definitely try to implement that and recognize that. And so, yeah. There is 1-800-QUIT-NOW, which is the national quit line. Um, if you're located in California, there is also the Kick It California, which you can look up their website. Um, but yeah, those are the, the numbers that you can call. For free help to begin your journey to quit commercial tobacco and keep tobacco sacred, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. To learn more about commercial tobacco, how it's linked to various types of preventable cancers and disease, and where to find support to quit, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast presentation from the National Native Network. Okay, no.